Blog Talk Radio. Welcome today. I'm James Courts. You're on the air with me today. It's another glorious, beautiful day out there today here in Covington at 72 degrees. Sun shining, all is right. So that's a, that makes it a, a wonderful day. Uh, I hope and trust you all as well are having a wonderful day wherever you may be. In the top of our news stories today, and this is the one that's uh, really catching everybody's attention, that's President Trump has canceled the North Korean summit with Kim Jong-un. So they're not going to have that meeting there. In fact, he uh, went ahead and threatened Kim Jong-un with nuclear war. Um, It wasn't completely clear. I heard a little bit. uh, I guess Kim Jong-un had made some kind of statements that was, uh, you know, not pleasing to our president. And so, um, so now all talks are off. It's a sad day when, you know, it's, um, it comes to something like this, you know, what they say, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know, this is a truly, um, a time to to live in when we see so so many people upset over words, over rhetoric. I think a lot of it has to do with this political correctness that has gone and is running rampant in the world today. Social justice warriors upset over everything. I was teasing with my daughter yesterday, uh, <laughs> making a joke about uh, uh, ethnic... Uh, um, Oh my goodness, I can't even think what it's called now. Appropriation or something of that nature. Uh, cultural appropriations, that's what it was. Uh, you know, we can't even eat Mexican food in our own house because we're not Mexicans, you know, <laughs> or have a party with Chinese food now because, well, we're not Asian. You know, these types of ridiculous notions that are running around the world today, uh, from white privilege to you can't say anything other than, uh, you know, black lives matter. If you say all lives matter, well, then, oh, my goodness, you know, you're in trouble for that. I, it's just amazing to me how words like this are having such an impact on people. It, it comes down to um, a lack of self-confidence, I guess, or a lack of self-worth to try to silence everyone who disagrees with you. Is that what we've become as a people? And we can't be confident in what we believe. We can't be confident. And if someone disagrees with us, we want to go after them. We want to silence them, threaten them with with death. Well, that's what it's come to. Lock them in jail. Get them out of our way. I don't want to hear them disagree with me. No doubt, I I don't really care for it when someone disagrees with me. In fact, in a moment, we're going to be talking about some of the the hate speech that's been already, you know, volleyed at me for my position on some things. Uh, But you know what? They have a right. They have a right to voice their opinion, no matter if I agree or disagree or not. But what's going on in the world today? I understand about national security. I was a uh, former military. I understand what it means to go and, uh, you know, be a part of something to defend 
your nation. I was a NATO troop uh, in the United States Army. I worked for NATO. I was over in Europe, and I was stationed with uh, literally 14 other different countries, or I should say soldiers from uh, military branches from 14 other different countries. I understand what it means to work alongside uh, the world and, uh, you know, trying to get along. (laughs) But the thing is, is that America is America. You know, yes, we have to protect our own interests. Yes, if somebody threatens to hurt us, well, yeah, we need to protect ourselves. But let's remember words are just words sometimes. And actions speak louder than words. But I guess we're a nation, though, that sticks and stones, well, they hurt us so much that we have to silence the opposition. House GOP holds last-ditch immigration talks as a showdown looms. What's wrong with having legal immigration? What's wrong with closing the loophole in chain migration? What's wrong with having borders? Somebody, please explain to me what's wrong with that. What's wrong with America being a sovereign nation? It makes no sense to me. I'm bewildered. I was looking up the definition of social justice. That's socialism. The people who support social justice, this, then they, they hide behind terms like uh, equality. They hide behind terms like feminism. They hide behind terms of progressivism. They hide behind terms of, uh, of liberalism. This is all socialism. The next step is communism. (laughs) We're a democracy. I had somebody (laughs) ignorantly say, well, we're not really a democracy. Well, we are. We're a democratic republic, but we are a democracy. We're not, we, we believe in capitalism. We are a democracy. We believe in the people's rights. We are a democracy. Just the way that we vote might be a little different. We we put men in the Senate that are supposed to, men and women that are supposed to in our Congress and our Senate and our government that are supposed to reflect the will of the people. But we don't find that happening a lot, do we? We find rogue senators and uh, even presidents, rogue presidents, well, they run on a certain thing, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. When they get there, they never do it, you know. And in that case, well, that's, well, almost, you know, <laughs> communism there and, and the, or socialism departing from, you know, the will of the people. But in any case, I digress. You can see it's a very touchy subject for me this morning. In any case, a lot of people accusing people of things and then wanting to silence those that disagree with them. Where is that right? 
Freedom of speech is what America's principles are founded upon. When the pilgrims came to the continent here, when they came to the New World, they were leaving oppression, religious oppression. Oh, here's that religion. You know, that's another thing. People aggravated with me because I do talk about politics and I talk about the Word of God. I'm a child of God who lives in a great nation, and I have every right to be concerned about what's going on in my nation. Now, I'm an absolute believer that God puts the kings in power. I believe that our Lord is in direct control of what happens in this country. But I don't believe he wants me ignorant and living as if I'm not part of it. I'm not Amish, you know. I live here. I'm concerned about what's going on. So I can pray for what's happening and maybe be a wise counsel to some and a comfort to some. That's all right. God's in control. But to suggest that being a preacher, I have no business talking about politics is weird. Just weird. See, they don't understand the separation of church and state. That's people that just really just don't get it. it all that means is our government can't establish a, cha- ch- a church religion. That's that's all it means. You, you study the Old Testament. In fact, the, the, the children of God were responsible to look for men to uh, be in a position over them that were godly people. Uh, that's our responsibility, I, I think. Now, don't get me to open up a can of worms there to get me in all kind of trouble. That's not what's happened, is it? What you hear today is the lesser of two evils. I am so sick of hearing that. The lesser of two evils. The lesser of two evils. Imagine there in uh, the Church of Corinth, them uh, looking for... Uh, or church at Jerusalem, seven men of good report. Well, well, let's choose uh, the lesser of two evils, you know. (laughs) George over here is pretty bad, but uh, uh, Joseph over here, he's, you know, he's he's all right, but he's got problems. So we'll pick uh, him over George, lesser of two evils. Seven men of good report. Why don't we pick and choose people that have a literal good report? Not just a good rhetoric. Make any make sense? But that's not what America is about today, is it? It's about political correctness. It's about social justice value. It's about being careful of not having cultural appropriations. <laughs> I don't even understand it. I don't think this is the America I was raised in. But I love my country. I love my flag. Red, white, and blue. I'm trying to remember the army song, the army colors, the colors are red to show the world the blood we shed. The army colors are blue to show the world that we are true. The army colors are white 
to show the world we will fight. That's a good little motto, I think. But anyhow, that flag means a lot. A lot to me. Hawaii's still erupting. The volcano is, in any case. A lot going on there. That rift zone has really enlarged itself. That magma's coming up. They said now they've tested it, and it's uh, not the viscous stuff. It's new stuff that's coming out of the earth from there. Uh, I worked for many years in the geotechnical field. I worked with geologists and all of that. And uh, I'm a creationist, so I believe the Earth is you know, roughly 7,000 years old. And, of course, that bothers people. It really bothers people. Well, here's this evidence. Here's this evidence, this and that. Well, I can show opposite evidence that how young the Earth actually is. But in any case, uh, this volcano, they say, is 600,000 years old. 600,000 years old. And they said they only have enough scientific data to go back roughly 2,000 or 2,200 years. Now, what's that tell you? 2,200 years versus 600,000. There's something wrong with somebody's math. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but something's wrong with somebody's math. In any case, those poor people there having to deal with all kinds of stuff. Which brings me to my topic today. God doesn't leave his children in ignorance. And so as the title was, Ignorance, I don't I don't believe that God wants his children uh, to be ignorant of his word. Now what I mean by that is, is that throughout the scripture, we find where God literally teaches us what he wants us to do. There, there, there's no secret hidden meaning that's in the scripture that's why i don't like those uh bible code things you know that's just hokum there's no hidden messages there's no hidden pictures there's no uh thing that you know god is leaving us in ignorance about he wants you to know what he wants you to know text of scripture in Exodus says the secret things of God belong to him but those things that were revealed belong unto you God wants you to know what he wants you to know so we're not we're not having to look for any kind of uh, secret codex secret meaning secret things so that's why I have a problem when I'm you know studying uh, scripture and I share something with somebody and they come back at me and they say, well, you know, uh, he was being sarcastic to them because they didn't understand. I don't know if you picked up on that or not, but that, that, that to me is a horrible statement from this perspective. If he knows that they don't understand, I believe the Lord's going to go of his way so that they do understand, so that they do realize. I mean, even Peter, it was explained to him that three times the, the, the crow would crow. And when it happened, he understood. <laughs> he was never left in ignorance. 
it was revealed to him. The, the Lord often revealed to the disciples what they needed to know when they needed to know it. He never left them in the dark. When it comes to eschatology, he hasn't left us in the dark. He's told us what will happen. Daniel 12, he says, The wicked shall do wickedly, but the wise shall understand. We're not in the dark so that the dark would overtake us. <clears throat> We're in the light, so we walk in the light. We're not in ignorance as a child of God. The world is. The world is in darkness. But if you're saved, it's not a problem for you because God will teach you. I think too many men assume the responsibility of being the ultimate teacher in people's lives. That's right. You heard what I just said. And I think that mentality is the mentality of a bigger picture as well. And it's probably the reason why so many people want to shut down opposition. Because they're mad because somebody's not letting them teach them. Letting them tell them what to believe. As a sovereign grace man, meaning I believe in the sovereign grace of God, I believe absolutely that it's all in God's hands. He's in control. He's sovereign. Therefore, he is going to bring to light what you need to know in life. And he's going to open up his word to you, and he's going to give you understanding when you need understanding. You don't need a special extra book <laughs> to give you insight. See, that's the Holy Spirit's job. I hope I'm making sense to some of you out there. But this is just the truth. And if you would just open up your eyes and just see what's going on and you start leaning and realizing that God wants you to know and you open up that Bible and quit using excuses, well, I need a new translation. I need a modern translation. What does that mean? I have, found that mo I have found that most people that go to different translations of the scripture, well, they're looking for it to be reworded. Almost everybody I've ever seen go to NIV becomes a free willer. King James has been around for hundreds of years. I mean, it is... Uh, Great. It's awesome. Everything you need to know is right there. I digress. God doesn't leave his children in ignorance. The mysteries of Christ are revealed to the believer, and he uses parables in the New Testament. The lost man, of course, can't understand those parables. The Bible wasn't written for lost people. That's what you need to understand. It says, the natural man receiveth not the things of God for their spiritually discerned or they're spiritually discerned neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned I'll get it right in a minute a natural man it's not meant for him to discern the spiritual things of God that's why we have so many people so many eclectic beliefs out there there's a lot of lost people trying to tell people what the Bible means a lot of confusion there only a saved person Underneath the leadership of the Lord, 
seeking to understand the truth can understand scripture. Where does it say that in the Bible? Well, Matthew 13, 10 says, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Well, they wanted to understand why is Jesus talking with these stories? What's what's the purpose of these just stories? Just you know, why can't you just say this or that? He answered and said to them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. Why? Now, I believe he's talking to the church there at this point. The disciples represent the church. That's right. I believe the church started before the day of Pentecost. Now, some of you write in on that one and get mad at me about that. And so we have him answering them. He said, it's given unto you to know this, but to them it's not. He says, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them parables, because they seeing not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and you shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive, for this people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. See, the word of God is for his children. He's opened up our eyes. He's opened up our ears. He's given us understanding, insight into who he is. I was telling the gentleman yesterday, I said, the only thing I can tell you is that when you see your sin and you see a holy God, when you see a holy Jesus, the divinity of Christ, it's because he's revealed it to you. And that's the only way I can explain it. You can't see your sin. You can't see a Savior, a Lord Jesus, unless he's revealed himself. It's just that simple. And that's what he's talking about here. He doesn't leave his children in ignorance. He reveals to us what we need to know. In John fourteen twenty six, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, do you believe that? He's talking to the disciples, the church, and he said that he's going to teach them all things. Teach you all things. Let me say it one more time. Teach you all things. Now, all means all. And what you need to know out of his word, all things, his doctrine, which is teachings, will be revealed to you about himself, about what he wants, his will for your life. You're not going to be in ignorance. So if you're relying on the commentaries, relying on other men to be your sole teacher in life, we got, we got a problem here. We don't want to be clones or echoes of another voice. We need to make it our own. We need to go to the Lord. We need to examine. We need to stay. We need to ask the hard questions. And you know what? God will teach you. Let me ask 
ask you a few questions or a couple of questions at least before we close. Does God want you to understand his word? Does God and will God teach you his word? Both of those should be an answer of yes. He does not want you ignorant. Now here of late, I've been getting a lot of flack over this self-defense issue. I thought this was interesting and maybe a good time to bring this up. All over that Luke twenty two thirty six, all over that a simple text of scripture about some swords. So Luke twenty two thirty five through thirty eight. Here I'll go ahead and read it to you. And he said unto them, When I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, lacked ye anything? And they said nothing. Then said he unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it. Likewise his scrip. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say unto you that this is written, must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. And they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. And he said unto them, it is enough. Some commentary writers, and one guy that was chewing me out about this verse yesterday and today, in fact, uh, was saying that Jesus was being sarcastic when he said it's enough because the disciples didn't understand what Jesus was implying. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) That's all I can say. Oh, my. Again, let's establish the fact that the Lord wants to teach you. We've already read that the Holy Spirit wants to teach you all things. And we have the Lord telling, asking a question, do you lack anything? And then he gives them, well, you know, you may have to have a sword. That wasn't a metaphor. It wasn't even a parable but yet people want to spiritualize it. People want to add to it. Now, is there a a little bit deeper meaning there? Maybe, because he told them two swords was enough. But I don't think that we can um, rectify it with he was being sarcastic and that the disciples were in ignorance, you know, didn't understand what he was saying. I mean, you know, maybe not totally because Peter, obviously, with vengefulness in his heart, attacks the servant, cuts the ear off. But the thing is, the Lord knew what was going to happen. And if we're becoming the generation of commentary students and we're taking what every man says instead of leaning on the Lord for understanding. Well, the Bible uses another curious verse, let God be true and every man a liar. My point to you is you've got to lean on the Lord for understanding. Now, he uses people and he uses things like that in our life to help us, but the ultimate truth comes through God, and that is your responsibility. Now, again, these commentary writers, they're, um, you know, want to suggest that Jesus was put off by the disciples not understanding what he was saying in verse 38. The social justice warrior Christian 
have latched on to this verse, suggesting that swords are for decoration, completely dismissing verse 36. And you say, preacher, why are you harping on this? Why are you getting into this? Well, self-defense is a hot topic today. Protecting, having the right to protect oneself is a hot topic. I, I, I believe that we ought to have a right to defend ourselves. And to believe that we're all supposed to be pacifists, I think that's just weird. I don't think the Lord wants us to be pacifists. I think the Lord understands and knows that there comes a time that we need to defend ourselves. We want our military to defend us. We want our police to defend us. I believe he also wants you to defend yourself. The New Testament is filled with Jesus explaining things. Obviously, the disciples were not going to a brawl, a war, in the scripture. They were going to be witnesses of Jesus. And again, Peter was wrong for attacking. That wasn't his purpose. He was supposed to be a witness. But it doesn't negate the fact that they were to have something to defend themselves. I don't know, folks. Cultural appropriation, social justice warrior, white privilege, silencing everyone who opposes us or disagrees. Is that what we've become as a people, as a nation? No longer free thinkers, freedom of religion? What are we? What are you? Have I made you mad at me? <laughs> Who knows? Well, thank you for joining today. I hope you come back and tune in tomorrow. We'll be talking about something else great. Have a wonderful day. I'm James Cords. Bye.